Welcome to the NICU Today podcast, a podcast to give families a new point of support as they navigate the NICU journey. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast and share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful. Our guest today is the mom of two boys, ages 18 and two and a half. Her background is in hotel restaurant management with an emphasis on culinary arts. She is currently attending Penn State University online, working towards a law and society degree, and when complete, will attend law school to become a family attorney. She is also currently working with her state representative to get a bill passed in Pennsylvania that would change the law on parents being able to be paid caregivers to their minor, medically complex children. So excited to have you here today. Welcome, Crystal Zukowski, to the Today's a Good Day podcast. Thank you so much, Martha. So, uh, so excited about all that you have going on, but tell us a little bit about your family. So I have, um, like you said, an 18 year old son who will be, um, graduating high school this year. And he's currently in the process of applying to colleges and hopefully getting accepted. He got accepted to one university of Southern Maine and, um, we're waiting on other colleges to see where he's going to go. And I have a two and a half year old who's been my biggest challenge in life, (laughs) but he's really like my heart and soul that he's an amazing, amazing boy. And your biggest love, right? Biggest love. Really is my biggest love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you, you know, Will, you're going to share more about Will, but he did spend time a long time in the NICU, but going back to kind of where you started, did you know about the NICU before Will was born? No, I knew nothing about the NICU. Um, that's actually a funny story because before he was born, I was in, I had to be hospitalized for six weeks while I was pregnant with him. And my doctor was affiliated with a hospital that did not have a NICU for little babies. Um, It was more of, you know, later pregnancy NICU that would be, that weren't going to be a problem necessarily. And I, um, I was told by the doctor there, well, we have to transfer you to a level three NICU. And I was 20 weeks pregnant. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, what does that even mean? A level three NICU? Well, we can't handle um, if you deliver early, as early as we know you're going to deliver, we wouldn't be able, we would have to transfer the baby anyway. And none of that made any sense to me. I had no idea what they were talking about. I'm 20 weeks pregnant. I don't know why we're even talking about delivering a baby at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And I'm surprised with myself that I didn't research or like look into what a NICU even meant at that particular time being told this because I'm a ver- I'm a researcher to um but then for me in the early stages, I really just thought a NICU was where babies went when they had jaundice and they had lights put on them and that was my whole knowledge of it. I, I never experienced it. I didn't know anyone that ever experienced having a child in the NICU. So it was quite a surprise. All new. There are so many of us who do not have any experience in the NICU. We were in the same boat. We didn't know anything about it. We didn't know anyone in our network. I mean, it, it 
it was all new and very overwhelming. What did your first few days look like after Will was born? So um, the first time I saw Will was a couple hours after I delivered him. And it was all very shocking. And um, I actually threw up after seeing him, which was probably medication mostly, but um, the whole environment, it was all completely scary to me. And, um, And then having to get transported to go see my baby, like while I was in the hospital, that was difficult to get to him. And when I got there, I really didn't know what my place was, um, you know, walking into the NICU, even though the entire staff was completely welcoming and told me, this is your child. You, you know, follow, um, listen to the doctors, give your opinions, like be completely as involved or uninvolved in his medical as you want to be. Um, but at that time, I'm like, I have, I don't know what to do with this baby who's so mm-hmm. funny. I, you know, it was very finding my, and it took me probably a good, um, I would say two weeks before I really got into like a groove of a routine and going to the NICU and making sure I was there during rounds, which was important to me. Um, and I didn't get to hold I mean, I think I held Will, maybe it was like four or five days after he was born, Uh, which isn't really that long considering he was so tiny. But to me, it felt like I just want to hold him right now, you know, and I think he was just so small that it was, let's give him a little bit of time because he was not very stable, you know, the first week he was born. Well, I think you bring up a good point, just overwhelmed and trying to find your place in the NICU. How did you find your voice to become an active part of the care team and to ask questions and to really get involved? Um, You know, I'm not a very shy person. <laughs> so if I usually always just say what's on my mind. And if something didn't feel right to me or something was um, different, I would ask about it. Uh, And I always asked, I asked everything, even if it seemed like a dumb question in my head, I need the answer. Um, So that was, I think that was a big part of it. And the doctors were very, were so good with me and any question that I had, and they would always answer and never made me feel like, well, that's a silly question. Like you should know this, but I don't know anything. I mean, it's like walking into a class. I have no idea what the subject is and you know, like you're expected to know every, and I don't know anything. So even the smallest bit, you know, I have no medical background whatsoever. So I know when I get a cold, that's the extent of my knowledge at that. Yes. Yeah. Like so many of us, right? I mean, none of us knew anything. Go Well, some people do if they have medical background or they're in that field, but so many of us don't know any of that information when we go into the NICU. It's all new. So it is important to just ask. I think you, you bring up a good point of just asking whatever questions that you want while you're in the NICU just to help you understand. I did want to ask you, what was helpful for you? How did you keep track of 
reports from the doctors, notes from the doctors, uh, thoughts that were going through your head? So honestly, I had um, the notes in my phone. So, and my phone is always on me. So if I ever like thought of something and it could be at any point of the day, it could be at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh wait, why did that happen? And then I would just pull up the notes on my phone and type in my question because I'm not going to remember in the heat of the moment what I want to ask when it's time for rounds to come and I get my chance with the doctors. I, I needed something to like, refer back to like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I had a question about this. Can you, an you know, um, and it wouldn't always happen like at the particular time between seven and 10 in the morning when my brain is still foggy. So, and when you think back, you know, all those notes, all the questions, how long were you in the NICU with Will? So Will was in the NICU for six months. Um, the first, he was in one hospital for four months and then we were in another hospital for two months in the NICU, but we we're in inpatient for 11 total months in the NICU, in the NICU for six. Yes. Okay. Yes. And when you look back on that time, Will's two and a half now, what were some of the most important ways that you advocated for him that you can remember? Um, Things that stick out in my mind when we sw switched hospitals um, when he was four months old. The new hospital that didn't know Will, um, that had to really learn Will and his little, his personality and how he acted and what he liked and didn't like. And um, they would give him morphine to calm him down at nighttime when I wasn't there. And that was one thing he never had morphine the entire time he was in the NICU. So for me, I was like, well, why are we doing this now? We changed location, yes, but we didn't change babies. So I don't understand why the need for that is happening now when we've never needed it before. I don't think he's in pain. And if he is, we've always given him Tylenol. And if the Tylenol didn't work, then that's a phone call to me and say, but not just automatically given. So I think it was kind of a big fight because I wanted it taken off of his list of PRN medications completely because nurses were giving it to him every time he seemed agitated in the middle of the night. And I'm like, well, you know, he's still a baby and babies do cry or get upset in the middle of the night. That's actually normal. So I don't think, I mean, if I gave my kid morphine at home, I would be arrested. So I don't know that that's mm -hmm. necessarily a um, warranted. So it was kind of a fight with the medical team. And then they finally said, okay, mom doesn't want that. I said, if for some reason he really looks like he needs it, then I want a doctor to come in and assess him and then that's a different situation, but the nurses shouldn't, shouldn't just have full access to any medication. So it did get taken off and he never was on morphine again. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's so important to, to, uh, be a, a be that important part of the care team, 
with the baby and, and providing that feedback. I mean, you have been bedside with him for, for so many months for sure. And Will did have a long journey in the NICU and he also had surgery to have a tracheostomy put in. And what part of the journey was that for you, Crystal? Um, so the first four months that we were in the NICU, we tried to extubate his breathing tube um, three times. And we did two rounds of steroids for him. And, you know, in my research, I read that too much steroids could affect his brain. And he never had neurological issues, not no brain bleeds, nothing the entire time he was alive. So I was kind of wanting the need to preserve the brain. The rest of his body was all a mush. <laughs> so if I could keep the brain good, then I know we'll be okay. Um, so I did express that and the doctor said, well, there is a risk for, you know, um, with steroid use. So after the second time, I said, that's it. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to put Will at risk. And I know the more times we do steroids for his lungs, for helping, you know, for helping his lungs develop, the more, I think I had to find a balance of when do you say when? Mm -hmm. So I really looked at the hospital and I said, I love all of my medical team. I love the nurses here. I love the doctors here, but I think you've done as much as you can do. And I think Will needs to go to a different hospital where he will be able to get um, surgical intervention, which would be a tracheotomy if they felt it was needed or try different methods that maybe this hospital wasn't um, doing at the time. So it was when we switched hospitals, uh, they evaluated Will there besides just looking at his paperwork and they said he would really benefit from getting a tracheotomy. So, um, you know, after thinking about it for a few days, I said, okay, I really need to think about it and research and see what that is going to mean from for him. His quality of life definitely turned around and got so much better because he's not wrapped up, worried that a breathing tube is going to come out of his mouth. He's able to like be free and move around and which um, was a big deal. And how did you personally go through navigate the, the, you know, those decisions, the surgery, his recovery, just thinking about other families that might be going through a similar journey, you know, how did you get through it? What advice do you have for them? You know, it's um, definitely in the moment, it's very difficult. Um, it's hard to make decisions because you always wonder, are you making the correct one? Um, is it something that a doctor is recommending? Is it going to be easier on you, harder on you? How's Will going to handle it when it's happening? So I have like a million questions going on in my mind, but at the end of the day, it's all about Will and it, we're on a day by day. So one day he could be great. The next day he may not be. Um, but you have to kind of just, I mean, for me, it was today is a new day. What happened yesterday is not going to happen today, or we're going to try and 
have the best day we could possibly have today. Um, and that's kind of how my journey was. It was day by day or minute by minute because you never know what's going to happen. Um, and we've had plenty of bad days, but we've had really great days too. So I always try and focus on the good. And I never saw, and it's funny because um, I've had people who worked with Will that were nurses to Will, even my family members when he was first born that really didn't think Will was going to make it. And nobody told me that, of course. And here I am like an upbeat, everything's great. We're perfectly fine, even though he's got tubes coming out of his mouth and everywhere. And I really never thought, I never had went there in my mind. I never thought that something, that Will wasn't going to make it never crossed my mind. I would be positive and I'd say, oh, he had a great day today and this happened and this happened, but he got over it and he's fine. So I think for me, I protected myself by just having a positive outlook all the time. Because if I, I like got to, if I went to like a darker place, then I don't know. I think Will's outcome may have changed too. Well, we talk a lot about celebrating the good moments, right? It might it might be a good day. It might be a day that was difficult, but had a few good moments in it. I love what you said today is a new day because that is so true. And not only what you've experienced with Will as he's continuing to grow at two and a half, but in the NICU as well, every day is a new day. You might have a really good, boring day with your baby and the next day there's some complications or you know, the machines are going off or all, all of those sounds that all of so many of us are familiar with. So today is a new day. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Tell us about the law you're working to pass. So as it stands and every state in the U S is different. Um, in Pennsylvania, as a mother or a parent, you cannot get paid to be your child's caregiver. Now for my situation, I have Will, he's trach dependent. Um, he's YouTube fed. We have medical issues. He needs 24 seven monitoring. The current nursing situation is tough. We don't have, I mean, we have four or five nights of nursing covered and that's it. So it's just me. So if I don't have a nurse on a Friday night, well, I'm up all night Friday night watching him because if that trait comes out, he can die. That's his airway. Um, so with that being said, I can't be employed. I don't have the nursing staff to go out and get a job. Um, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty bad in that way financially. So when I looked into, well, you can get paid as a caregiver. Well, I can get my uncle, my cousin, my mother, even my son, who's now 18, to get paid and be a caregiver to Will. But as his parent, I can't get paid to take care of my child, even though I can't get another job. Like that resource isn't available to me. It is available in other states. Like, I think North Carolina is one of them. California is one where if you, if your child needs 24 seven care there and there's a nursing shortage 
or for whatever reason you can't get the help, the help, you can be paid because that's taking away from income you can potentially make. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I mean, I probably should have started this when we started Will's journey, but <laughs> it'll probably happen once we're done with Will's medical journey, but that's okay. Um, it needs to happen. It really needs to happen nationwide because uh, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of wills out mm-hmm. there. And there's a lot of parents like me who can't, you know, work and take care of will at the same time. It's impossible. So there needs to be, we need to get out of the, it's okay that they're living in poverty line, you know, and help them because f- figure out a way to where have insurance cover it. Because if they're not paying for nurses, then and that's part of what they should be paying for. Because someone had some, there has to be someone that takes care of um, these medical kiddos. Well, and you're you're studying law, and you're you're uh, you're going down this path as well, right, Crystal? At this time. Yeah, I mean, I'm keeping busy. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. so. Yeah. What I mean, I figured if I have to be up all night. I can be up all night on a laptop doing schoolwork. Yes. So I'm better off not frying my brain with Netflix all the time and actually <laughs> learning something and um, and moving forward, even though I'm I'm 42. So school for me, I didn't think was I was going to do anything else. But I'm like, you know what? Now is really the perfect time for that because I do have the time, especially when he's sleeping and I have to be up to where I can really, and it's interesting and I like learning. So, well, with what you're doing, you're continuing to advocate for, for families like yours and helping other families in the future. So I have to ask you, how's Will doing today? He's perfect. That's my, that's my answer. Every time someone asks that he really is, he is a, um, minor, he does have a lot of medical diagnosis, but He's a typical two and a half year old toddler. He signs no for everything. He jumps and runs and climbs on everything, gets into trouble. He's he's awesome. Oh, I love hearing that. Well, I'm so glad that you came on the podcast and shared your story because I, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years now and yep. um so glad you're part of the today's a good day family of volunteers and, and NICU parents who can help others, but really appreciate you coming on to the podcast and sharing your story. And thank you to all of our listeners out there for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to the NICU Today podcast brought to you by Today is a Good Day. Learn more at todayisagoodday.org.